0: the Paranoid American Homunculus Owner's Manual not for the faint of heart available now from Paranoid American get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today
1: shout out to the newest patrons Tartarian Truth Rx Only Picture Show Jonathan Martinez Rachel Daniel Morawski scott jordan tinia hernandez thank you all so very much really appreciate it make sure to check out the patreon if you haven't already signed up for it patreon.com slash the one one podcast exclusive content on there over 100 exclusive episodes so make sure to check that out really appreciate everyone's support make sure to like comment subscribe review wherever you're listening to if you are on the rss feed if you truly enjoy the show if you could just take a few minutes of your time to rate the show every little bit counts it would truly help me out so thank you all so much and enjoy the show
0: Welcome to the One on One Podcast with your host, Juan Ayala.
2: I think it's just like a hero's journey of the mind it's like you descend into the underworld of the internet or books or whatever you either lose your mind or become transformed but either way you end up right back where you started which is just ignorance is bliss like walking around all day thinking about reptilians controlling the government is not useful to my life it might be true but i just don't need to care about it right now and but like one thing i will say about like my whole rant about the source material thing is like this is something i talk about a lot in the new world disorder is like I found out I can't like bring up any particular instances right this moment when you go back and find all these different conspiracy books that popularized a lot of these ideas about the Illuminati and Bohemian Grove and stuff like that I'm not saying they're not real but they go back to very questionable people some seemingly connected to intelligence agencies And things like that, people in, you know, U.S. Navy and stuff like that, very questionable publishing companies in general using occult symbolism. It's like, why are these people who seem to be connected putting out this type of information? It's almost as if they want people to know. So it's like a form of chaos magic. Honestly, it's like the book is the sigil. We are kind of creating the reality, the paranoid reality they want us to live in. I mean, it actually serves the government for us to walk around believing that everyone's an NPC and everyone's out to get me, because you're more easily controllable when you're in a state of fight or flight.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the one-on-one podcast. I'm your host as always. I just woke up from a nap, so it's all good. We got Nick... Hinton, with us today what's up dude
2: what's up man happy to be back
1: yeah it's been a little bit right since we did last out of, we i think we did what 102
2: 202 maybe
1: no i'm not at the oh no 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 yet. oh yeah 102 no it
2: was the okay yeah
1: yeah august 1st so it's been a little bit it's been a little bit what have you been up to since then bro i know you are you put out a book recently but you put out a pre-book before the main book <laughs> yeah. What's what's going on with that?
2: So I put out the pre-orders for my new book, The New World Disorder. Originally, I was going to release The Stairway to Sirius before I released anything else. But The Stairway to Sirius has taken me way too long to complete. And I feel like the information in there is like really timely. So I kind of made a shorter, more condensed version. It's not repeating any of the same stuff, but it's still the same concepts in there, and it's a lot of new stuff I learned along the way of when I was writing Stairway to Sirius, and I just it's just too much extra stuff to include in that book, so I just decided to turn it into a whole other thing and kind of use it as like a prelude or you know preliminary study into what I'll be talking about later. And Stairway to Sirius is going to be kind of more autobiographical than uh, than the one I just put out, which is New World Disorder.
1: Nice. Yeah, I start I told you about the journals that I was publishing and obviously the comic book. You can get a copy of that on my website Chosen Juan versus the Saturnian Cube, inspired yes, was... by Mr. Hinton here with the <laughs> Saturn Time Cube simulation when you first started talking about that, bro. That's really made me dive down the rabbit holes. And start taking research more seriously. So here we are, and that's how the 101 podcast was born. It started actually with the with the Saturn Time Cube stuff. And right as a kid growing up with the Bigfoot and the Bermuda Triangle. I remember the I was real big into the Bermuda Triangle when I was Me a too. kid in mm-hmm. in elementary, dude. I remember second, third grade looking at the Bermuda Triangle stuff. Flight twenty nine or something like that. And trying to figure out what was going on in the middle of, cause I'm from Puerto Rico. So the Bermuda triangle also plus I'm in Florida Mm -hmm. and we get just the tip of the Bermuda triangle here and over there in Puerto Rico too, which I've also studied the, I've done an episode on the 12 vial vortices around the world, which are really interesting too. But dude, last time we talked, we talked about the singularity apocalypse uh, technomancy cern all that good stuff and we we had a really weird synchronicity which i was meaning to bring up i oh yeah yeah i think i only talked about on the patreon
2: okay yeah i was gonna ask if you ever talked about it
1: (laughs) yeah i talked about it i think one time on the patreon but obviously i have you here and we can do it on the main show because that was really freaky do you feel that when you write these books, do you get synchronicities like that? Do you get some sort of not, maybe okay, maybe we can say magical, but you know what I'm saying? If yeah, do no, things it line is up?
2: Magical, I yeah, I literally think it is magical, um, <clears throat> and that's part of the reason I think the other book I'm working on, the Stairway to Sirius, is a freaking never ending story because um, they're like I don't know, I me and Maverick who are going to talk to eventually at some point. Um, he always messes with me and says that book is the never ending story. And it does feel like that because as soon as I wrap up one part of an experience that just happened, like there'll be another one that plays into it. And then I feel the need to write about that again to like show people the confirmation I got or whatever. Um, and just how weird things are. And I guess provide evidence of what I'm saying, like that some of these weird things that I talk about really happened to me. Because I feel like some of the stories are so unbelievable, but like when you hear all of the, I don't know the things that happened afterwards or beforehand, you're like, okay, I don't know if an author could really even make this up because it's just so insane. Like I, I wish I was that creative. Some of the things that have happened, but uh, to make a long answer short, yeah, I believe writing is magical. I mean, grammar is grimoire, and you know all that stuff. Words are spells. Blah blah blah. I really do think that writing was the first hermetic art, and there is something mystical about it just using language in general
1: because you're using sigils when Mm -hmm. you're when you're writing stuff so it would make sense any anything i I recently learned about i think they're called devil bucks or devil dollars something like that in thailand or cambodia exertus brought it up yesterday i was on a show with him and we were he Because I I said about how the because, you know, the struggle of having to get something printed like a comic book, how expensive Mm. it is to at least a comic book to produce it. It's thousands of dollars. By the time you're done with it, you're not going to get rich off of it anytime soon. And fun fact, a lot of companies that produce comic books like DC, Marvel, all these bigger players, they actually lose money on comic books. They use them more for promotional purposes but we're talking about multi-billion dollar corporations who can burn money and they'll benefit in the long run from something else. So they put out a comic as promotion, but people are going to buy their toys, watch their movies, et cetera, et cetera. So they make money elsewhere. And I brought that concept up to Exertus, and he's like, oh, that's your, that's your devil bucks, bro. And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? He said, well, in these countries, they burn money that has, certain figures or sigils on it and it's like a pact like the faustian pact like they're asking those entities on that bill which is kind of messed up to for Mm -hmm. prosperity in some other way so by me quote unquote spending the money on this book well then um he's hinting that i'm using it as again some sort of sigil magic to create fame or something else of that nature because i've been synchronistically charged and it's it's a lot of the times it's small stuff but then it gets really oddly specific with what happened with us right where
2: uh, dude even today is a very <laughs> even today is a very timely day for this really I saw a freaking space whale this morning
1: no you didn't <laughs> <Not> in real.
2: <laughs> on my way to work man no i'm just kidding but i mean i did see it on my phone um you follow Cyclops I love his Twitter
1: no I don't use Twitter that much bro I only have it just I don't even know why I made Twitter
2: (laughs) (laughs) fair fair enough well he posted this uh, thread and there was um I don't remember the details but there's some movie he was talking about it's like a new movie I think and there's a space whale in it I'm like are they really just like dude part of me thinks they're just fucking stealing all the ideas from conspiracy theorists like
1: dude (laughs) You know, what's his name Cyclops you said
2: yeah, P S Y, like Psyop and Cyclops mixed together.
1: Oh, P S Y. Okay, okay. The N the N1 Near N- Death D- Experience. Yeah. Okay. So you say that, and I did an episode with a bunch of guys. You had Dona in there, Paranoid American, Slick Dissident, Homie Romy. We had a, we had a panel going on where we we're talking about. Dahmer, cannibalism, werewolf, my, lycanthropy, all that good stuff. It was like a 3-hour stream and we were just going balls to the wall. It was crazy. It was wild. And uh paranoid American is writing a book on adrenochrome. And he's got he's gone pretty deep. He's got over 30 something thousand words on the subject, maybe more, and he's he's compiling it together and he knows his stuff when it comes to the, he's a, he's a researcher. And I think it was NBC or some other big YouTube channel with like a million subscribers did a an episode on a Junochrome, which is weird, right? Okay. One of these big media outlets talking about a Junochrome. Usually they don't talk about that type of stuff, but yeah, they put out an episode and he hits me up and he sends me a clip. He's like, dude, and we had done our episode first. He's like, these people are kind of word for word literally going off of what i said on the episode that we did on the site i go well i mean maybe they looked it up but i didn't put Chrome in the episode notes anywhere unless youtube already picks it up some with some way or another with like an ai and the words and stuff mm-hmm. who knows but i i didn't put Chrome anywhere on the video and he's like hey they kind of ripped off what i was saying but i go okay maybe they found the same research that you came across or something but it made me think of what you just said about them ripping ideas off of dude
2: i'm for real getting pissed off because everything i write in this stairway to serious thing like i've been working on it for like two years now and there's so many things in there that are becoming super relevant in the media like i was talking about this concept of like a mind virus um that infects people and basically warps their perception in order to make them more open to paranormal phenomena. And the Department of Defense literally came out and said, oh, yeah, there's a poltergeist pathogen that's coming out of Skinwalker Ranch just a few months ago. <laughs> and I was like, bro, I wanted to break the story. It's, <laughs> but
1: I saw you I'm, post that, but I couldn't follow up with that, dude. I screenshotted it. Then when I went to go Google it, I couldn't find anything on that.
2: I think you just have to watch the New York Times like mini-docs that they – they don't talk about it much like they they say that sentence in the doc and then kind of leave it at that which is kind of weird but interesting then they go on to talk about dino beavers and all this other nonsense but <laughs> i swear to god
1: <laughs> so because because i was watching the skinwalker doc the show the other day like i was going through the main show which we know we're not going to get anything from it but i was watching it just sometimes I want something that i don't really have to think about that i just have on in the background sometimes if i'm hanging out or if i'm reading a book or, or if i'm r- typing up research you know you just want something in the background yeah and I, when i was watching that my wife was watching it with me and i had sent her that screenshot that you sent me because in that show it's about well weird stuff happens we don't know why but then it would make sense like some Lovecraftian parasite the color out of space Yeah, yeah. That comes in and affects people in some way. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. And it also makes me think about the homunculus movie on Netflix, where it's about homunculi are actually parasites that attach themselves to people. I didn't
2: even know this movie existed.
1: (laughs) Dude, yeah, it it exists. And and it talks about the homunculus, but the homunculus takes on more of a metaphysical aspect, parasitic. Louche mining, you know, Robert Monroe esque yep. type of thing, where how you're saying are I, dude, I 100%, 100% believe that these cinema magicians, they're talking about real things shrouded in stories to make it uh, as a revelation of method. Because I think that the truth is stranger than fiction when it comes to these sort of things. I, I 100% believe in that. So,
2: yeah, and maybe when we spread theories, you know, on podcasts and through books and stuff and it hits a critical mass, like okay, now we can just totally rip off what they said since people know it already and just put it out there and reveal it even further, I guess, to the masses. <clears throat> um but yeah, I mean, it's funny like I was just watching a podcast with some lady, I forget her name, but she claimed that she had written the matrix. Have you ever seen, have you ever heard of this person? Yeah. And yeah. So like, and I kind of believe her story and I think it's happening. Like, I think it might've happened to just her at one point and now it's happening to a lot of different people. I mean, it's a kind of a common claim, like among people who are supposedly mentally Mm -hmm. ill, they'll be like, Oh, I wrote this story and then the government stole it or whatever. But you know, I don't think that those people are, all of them are crazy. You know,
1: it plays into what you talk about, dude, where if the, if CERN created the internet. And the internet is at CERN. Let's say the internet is this thing somewhere. It's a hub. It's a hub or something. And CERN created it. And we're typing in when we are, right? They call it portals on when you go into a website, you're entering a portal to enter this yeah. website. <laughs> and then the yeah. www with the 666. And it's actually, it's it's faster to say World Wide Web than it is to say www. <laughs> right, right. And so, this idea that, yeah, maybe perhaps they're tapping into that. And yesterday I learned, I don't know how accurate it is, but I trust Exertus. He said that with this camera right now and the sound, and I don't know what they're able to do, that they're able to map out your entire house if they wanted to. Oh, yeah. To.
2: Yeah, yeah. With all of the different electronics in your house they can basically map out your house. You know, you have smart TVs, smart computers, all this different stuff. They basically have a full visual of everything, you know, and the more devices you have in your house, the more mapped out it is. I'm sure with like stuff with like a Laxite, they can even echo locate stuff. I mean, they have, they have one of those called echo, right? Hey, echo.
1: And it's a black cube. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. But wait, (laughs) before before we go too crazy, um, you should tell people the space whale story. So they know what the hell I was saying.
1: So, this, yeah, yeah, we, um, freaking, we're going on some other tangents. So the the <laughs> the the synchronicity was, and it was really weird. So uh, I'm gonna have Nick on the comic book, and I don't know if it was off air or on air when you mentioned that you went to go see Bledsoe, and can you tell that story because that relates to well with the whale. And I don't know if you told it on air last time, or I think it was off air, or maybe after we got off the pod. I don't know if you're even allowed to say it on air.
2: No, I mean I can tell the story, and I I I think I did tell you off air just because my mind was going. I was like, "Oh, dude, I got to tell you something crazy." And I think I think I even brought it up just because of the comic book conversation after. Oh, that's right. That's right.
1: Yep. So,
2: um, basically, to make a long story short, when I went to go visit Bledsoe, he picked me up from the airport and I'm like super tired and whatever and you know we had just met and he's like so what are you going to write about next and like I was just kind of making a joke because I was not thinking about writing at all at that point like I was kind of burnt out on conspiracy stuff for a minute and I was like I don't know fucking space whales like literally just a joke and um, you know we laugh about that we go back to his house and he's showing me all this like I guess like CIA memorabilia like stuff that he had gotten from um people in NASA and other intelligent stuff and um one thing that he showed me was a book called Reality Nick, Denied give me one by second, John bro. E Alexander and apparently that book was gifted to him. And so he's told- holding
1: Nick, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Hold on, bro. <laughs> what the, what hell? the hell? My whole setup is bugging out right now. Hold on. What in the world? That's interesting. That's interesting. Hold on, dude. Hold on. Hold on. I promise you I did not do this on purpose. My mic just gave out, dude. Like, it, it's not even plugged in anymore. Hold on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> did uh... You're not
1: even coming in through, like, my headphones or nothing. This is ridiculous. I'm going to... Hold on. Give me one second, bro. Can you hear, can me, you at hear all? me at all? I can hear you, but... Yo, can you hear me? Yeah. Yo, yo.
2: Yeah, I can hear you.
1: Right, let me put you in through my headphones. This is crazy, bro. All right, go ahead and talk. Yo, yo. So when you started going off on that, dude, it just completely disconnected my mic and my headphones
2: for no <laughs> no apparent reason.
1: For no reason. I just got doing. I I got off a of podcast just just a little bit ago with somebody else, and it worked just fine for almost two hours. <laughs> So,
2: okay. Yeah. I mean, I was a little bit like, I don't know. So anyways, where did I get cut off?
1: All right. So I heard you say that he started showing you and then boom, it, it took you off of my setup and my whole thing was bugging out.
2: Okay. So just to recap where he picks me up from the airport. Mm-hmm. I, ma- I make the joke about space whales. He takes me back to his apartment He's showing me all this, like, memorabilia that he had been gifted from, like, the CIA, NASA, other intelligence people, whatever. And he shows me this book <clears throat> called Reality Denied by John B. Alexander, which had been given to him.
1: John B? Uh,
2: John B. Alexander.
1: Interesting. He's the
2: guy who led Project Stargate. Mm. And apparently he's a family friend or something like that. And so he gave them this book. And I'm like, Ryan, do you see what the fuck is on the cover of that book? And he's like, no, I never realized it it's like i was like it's a space whale there's literally a giant whale tail going into a galaxy or like a wormhole or something um you could probably look up the book cover right now if you want to just understand what i'm saying so anyways what's the the name of it reality denied and so um yeah it's pretty cool looking but anyways um Maybe like a day or so later, we go visit his dad. And when we get to his dad's house... <clears throat> are we disconnected again?
1: No, I can hear you. Can you hear me?
2: Okay, yeah, yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> Now I'm getting weird echoes, whatever. Um, so when we get to his dad's house, his dad starts telling me about how he had a meeting with NASA, and he told NASA that he thought outer space was more like water and that there was different creatures swimming around up there, kind of like sea creatures. And me and Ryan just look at each other and we're like, dude, fucking space whales. So that was our whole space whale synchronicity um, thing and um, I kind of had a few more that I documented and wrote down in this new book I'm working on Stairway to Sirius but yeah I told you all that stuff and I said hey when you put me in the comic I want to be fighting a space whale (laughs) or hunting one down kind of like Moby Dick and then you told me something very odd that I had no idea about
1: so when we talked about the space whales it made me think of so this is nick hinton captain hinton or captain ahab 33 because i think ahab is the captain on moby dick and for some reason the artist decided to go with that oh okay interesting yeah interesting yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and so he did this because this Space Whale is the iteration of the vision that John D. and Edward Kelly experienced together when God revealed himself to them. And God didn't reveal himself as our Saturnian counterpart that we see, as Nick Hinton likes to say, the old man sitting on a throne in the clouds. Not that type of God. Right. Father time. God. No, mm-hmm. he was a whale covered in eyes that when he opened his mouth or when it opened its mouth, it sounded like the roar of lions, many lions roaring. So when I told you that this is all off air, by the way, we were just conversing after the show. And so you're like, wow, that's really that's really crazy. Mm mm-hmm. And then we got into the topic of it, oh, let's make some concept art, so here we are, and when I completely forgot what I was gonna say, dude
2: um <laughs> maybe the, maybe the name of the uh of the artist
1: yeah, so the the whole thing was that John D and Edward Kelly were talking to the angels, right, and cool, whatever, that's fine. I hit up Paranoid American. I tell him the concept that that I wanted to go with. I said, "Hey, let's make some concept art for Nick." I didn't tell him what we had talked about or anything, and I shared with you the book where I got the information from from John D. Mm-hmm. And the book was written by. Let me try and find it here. <laughs> the ain't the oh here not now I remember. The Angel is written by Merrick. Casaban. Right? Kasubon Kasabon. And this guy wrote a bunch of stuff on John D, a true, faithful relation. So Nick and I were talking about John D. I showed him the iteration of John D's God and Edward Kelly. And Paranoid American hits me back up. He's like, all right, I found an artist. I'm gonna put you in contact with him. You have at it. I sent the guy payment, didn't notice anything on his name, didn't notice anything. But when I went to go send him the second payment, or the, I think that maybe send him the first payment, one of the two payments, anyways, I noticed that his last name was Bon <laughs> right? And it's right here. I'm not even bullshitting you guys. Look, Casa, Casa, not spelled exactly like the Kassaban. Angel
2: Casabon, dude.
1: Dude, no. So that's the thing. So I, I, I so it was Casabon, and this is the guy's name. But that I didn't see the angel. I didn't see the angel at first. And i was like oh Casabon." and then i tell i tell parent i was like dude this is crazy bro this guy's the same last name as the dude that nick and i were talking about and then that's when i noticed the first after he had gotten done with the work i was like oh the dude's name is angel and now it doesn't stop there the dude loves to paint angels okay so we were literally we li- I feel like we literally made contact with an angel quite literally and figuratively because the wow. dude the dude <laughs> loves to paint. I'm going to pull up his Instagram. He loves to his favorite thing to do is angels like Seraphim and all the crazy weird looking angels with all the eyes and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what he, that's what he likes to draw like his preference of art.
2: Full disclosure, though, I do not think that the true one God is a space whale. (laughs) And maybe uh, we did not contact the uh, good guy angels. Uh, I personally believe God, you know, synchronicities are awesome. And they're cool. They're interesting. But I don't think God whispers if he wants you to know something, he'll let you know. I think that mm-hmm. this is how these deceptive spirits kind of entice you into going deeper into certain things.
1: Mm. Yeah, by drawing you with those synchronicities. So this is the dude's yeah. Instagram, Angel Casabon, And this is Sarah Field. So he literally draws angels, which is re- his his angels are trippy looking. I mean, he's wow. He's a great artist and awesome yeah these are crazy looking it reminds me of some like some dark soul esque type thing and he just recently did a he was the one that that did the 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 homunculus piece for me here's another angel so his favorite thing to draw is angels which is really weird because obviously the angel connection with john d and edward kelly and he just did this piece for me which i showed you already but i'll bring it up here those that want to get a a shirt with it, you can visit my my T public store. Remember to trust the seance and make a homunculus, because <laughs> again, everybody wants. Dude, there's still people wearing masks today, bro.
2: Oh yeah, I know. I see him. <laughs> so here they are,
1: and so that was the synchronicity, bro, which was really weird. So we talked about Merrick Casabon, and then. We had a uh, uh, a neutral party, which he doesn't believe in any of this stuff, which is paranoid American. And when I told him, when I broke it down because I was so freaked out, he's like, yeah, it's pretty weird. That's not <laughs> yeah. that's not uh, coincidence. Mm, but, dude, Casabon and then Angel. And then we were talking about John D and and the angels and what they were making them do. I don't know, bro. Plus the whole whale stuff. Like, you didn't know I knew that?
2: Yeah, dude. I literally... And so that's an example of, like, writing things into reality, I guess. There's a whole chapter about space whales in the Stairway to Sirius. And space being water.
1: Being well, I, I told you that you could use the the whale art if you wanted to because it's really trippy looking.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to include that. And probably that story because it's the never-ending story, so I, ha- I have to write it somewhere.
1: Yeah, we have to put it in the... <laughs> in the Akashic Records somewhere. But yeah, so absolutely this idea of... I believe that there are influences outside reality. If you look at the story of... So we're talking about fictional writing. If you look at the story of H.P. Lovecraft, I do believe that he would collect little trinkets, little oriental trinkets and... The jinn, you know, jinn are known to attach themselves to, right, the genie in the bottle. That's a jinn. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. he comes out, grants you three wishes. In that story, is it like a Faustian pact? Do you know? Do do you have to give something up for the genie in a bottle, or?
2: That's an interesting question. I've never even thought about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, but but the the whole idea of the three wishes is always kind of faustian in a way because your wish comes true but never as you expect it. it's like oh, oh i want a million dollars and then someone has to die and then you inherit the money and or like you know it's always like there's some negative aspect to the wish being fulfilled
1: it's the law of equivalent exchange <laughs> where it's like you have to give something i don't know if you watch format alchemist but it's one of my favorite animes and it's when they try to they put all the ingredients of a human being in the center of this transmutation circle but they're missing that one thing, the soul, the essence, right? The fifth the 5th mm-hmm. element that they're not able to figure out because God is the one that gives you that. And that's mm-hmm. why some alchemists of old would create homunculus and they would kill them as soon as they were born because they're like, I don't know if God died for the sins of that homunculus. I don't know if God's going <laughs> to put a good soul or a demonic soul or what type of soul in that thing. So I'm going to kill it before it could even... Before it could even manifest or something and that's what that's what they believed. so i do think that they're you know back to the hp lovecraft i think that he was in touch or some something was in touch with him that influenced him in his dreams in order to create and manifest this mythos of the cthulhu mythos so by them presenting themselves to him in his dreams they help manifest themselves into existence by Grim war, uh, grim wars, right? The the grammar, because that's that's the root word of grammar. And I like the way that Cheney from Project Cheney puts it. She says, "Well, you know, books are the living word because they have spines, right? You bound it with flesh, uh, you know, with with the the leather. So we're we're books essentially because we have a spine and we have flesh, and you know, we speak the word. So books are so, and it's crazy. I, I I was actually talking to my my son's 4 years old and he was like writing in his books. I'm like, "Don't write in your books cuz that's literally the transference of knowledge." If there was nothing else, bro, if there was this cataclysm which has happened and there's no podcast, there's no other medium that people are going to be able to ingest what we were talking about here. Well, maybe they might just find a scroll or a book. Mm -hmm. or something of that nature and that knowledge somehow some part of that knowledge, maybe if it's not like the full comprehension of it, right? Because that's the whole thing with symbolism. You can interpret it any which way, especially if you're writing allegorically or symbolically or any which way, but at least they'll have some of that information to pass on to the next generation. So I think books are very important. I think libraries are very important and I have, a ton of physical books, but I also have a lot more PDF copies of books, which I don't like dude, because the other day for the first time I was trusting a copy of a book that I had, I was doing research. And when I compared it to the physical book, well, guess mm-hmm. which one was off. <laughs>
2: yeah. Probably the PDF.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> by a I lot.
2: Actually, I actually started printing those out just in case, you know, something were to get wiped somehow. Um, that doesn't necessarily protect you from the p d f being changed somehow though through technology or whatever, but um yeah the you know you're talking about like beings making themselves known in dreams, like that's essentially what that whole mind virus concept is about is like you know something infects someone's mind who you know someone is open to those types of things, maybe through channeling or um. You know, or just simply being receptive, you know, thinking about these things, attracting them to you. And um, yeah, it's like you said, they made themselves known to Lovecraft through dreams. And then he put them into the physical universe when he put pen to paper. And now these ideas are manifesting even more rapidly in the physical. um, When you consider people like Gordy Rose, who say quantum computers are the great old ones personified. And, you know, so it's like these ideas are needed to become basically like Lovecraft had to crawl so the AI scientists could run. Like they needed those metaphors in order to conceptualize something like a super intelligent AI, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. No, I I, I get what you're saying because and, – and this is why, dude, this is why the – Ancients were so obsessed with the platonic solids and it all goes back to the soul ascent, the Merkaba, the the what what do they call it? They call it the Merkaba, they call it something else. There's another name for it. But I think it's it's all I think it all goes back to that to that the consciousness, dude. The transfer of consciousness and manifestation. So the Platonic solids or the Archimedean solids, whichever. The ancients, I think, that's what you know. The it was the incorporeal, mm-hmm. these things that existed in the ether, the fifth element, the 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 world of forms, and when they captured that into their minds, they were able to transfer it, manifest it into a different medium. So these platonic solids, and, and it's the physical representation of an idea, and. Yes. There's this book here by I've had him on the show Sacred Codes: The Forgotten Principles of Painting by Lawrence Carwana. I had him on episode eleven or nine of the One One podcast. One episode. Oh, I have over 125 episodes now, but it's a, it's it's a thick boy. He sent me this book, and it's about he's a visionary artist, but he talks about the soul ascent and the Platonic solids and that and Kepler, dude, Kepler. You see this picture here. Yep. with his picture of the platonic solids this is his his idea of the celestial sphere so they were measuring the the distance between the planets they were that's what they were all about and kepler's mysterium cosmographicum and saturn's orbital sphere is a six-sided cube of course jupiter's orbital sphere is a four-sided tetrahedron mars orbital sphere is a 12-sided Dodecahedron, Earth's orbital sphere is a 20 sided iso ixosahedron something like that. And so they were trying to measure the distances. Let me read it here: it was astronomer, a astronomer attempt to measure the distances between the planets with the platonic solids. From the standpoint of modern astronomy, it is flawed, but in the visionary sphere, it suddenly makes sense as an ancient cosmology or model for navigating the planetary hierarchy so what he's talking about here is using these platonic solids right sacred geometry for the transportation of your consciousness into these other spheres so when you have sacred geometry such as metatron's cube a lot of people emily Morris has talked about how people with <laughs> with sacred geometry tattoos are possessed because these entities these are portals for these entities to come in through so in this in this concept he's using it as a transportation for his for his for his consciousness. Well I think that's what I'm that's what I was saying about the the manifestation of ideas. You know you know what I'm getting at it's like a it's a Merkaba. It's a a I've 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 heard it put a certain way that I really liked it. Anyways it's a it's a car Is for it? the soul type of thing. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. like a, a vehicle for the soul. There we go. A vehicle okay. for the soul, and that's what they were getting at, bro. When it, when it came to all these things,
2: talking about like the light vehicle or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: exactly. So, that, like they they you're able to either envision it some which way, and again, I think that they these I think these are the sort of things, bro, that they use to be able to warp people's reality. So,
2: oh, for sure. I mean, I think that so I have a kind of different take on the platonic solids. Like, I think when these people were these philosophers were opening their mind up to the spiritual realms and looking around in there and saw these perfect orderly shapes and then tried to recreate them in the physical universe. Like, I think this has something to do, like you said, with sacred geometry and architecture, you know, their temples were built based on these ideals. And the whole idea of like a sacred place is to transport someone's consciousness into a different state in order to come back with, different revelations and different ideas and therefore you put those other things into reality as well but like you know creating a temple based on sacred geometry or like even a temple inscribed with all these different symbols and stuff you know those were the original books like and a book is essentially a computer and so is a temple that's based it's like an alphanumeric labyrinth you know you have these structures that are built with you know all these different numbers encoded into them it feels like whatever has been feeding us with these ethereal ideas has been seeding the idea of something technological for a very 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 long time that's where i'm coming from mm. and it all comes down to those perfectly ordered things that they want us to put into reality
1: mm-hmm. yeah i get i get exactly what you're saying and it makes me think of the gnostics believe that every single celestial orbit was a different dimension and mm-hmm. I I mentioned the Saturn's orbital sphere being a six-sided cube. Maybe they understood that by meditating on this cube and entering the cube, they were able to transport themselves to this other realm. And I think that's the purpose that movies serve. They're cinemagicians. They're transporting your consciousness. You're in a trans-like state when you're watching these movies, bro. Well,
2: yeah, that's what the theater was originally for. It was to teach the masses the mysteries in a more efficient way. You know, that's what all the original Mm. dramas were. They were representations of the gods. And so that's exactly what movies are. It's just an advanced form of theater. And they're presenting the mysteries to us, and people will go online and start decoding everything that they watched in a movie. And I think that's all by design. I think there's a huge—I <laughs> ser- I seriously do. I think I think they're initiating the masses into the mysteries right now.
1: Makes me think of the Mithraic mysteries. There are seven levels of ascension, and how you're saying you go underground into this theater of some sorts right because that's why theaters are dark Mm -hmm, (laughs) the mm -hmm. silver screen i think it all goes back to alchemy bro and it really does the
2: everything that's artificial kind of goes back to alchemy like movies are not natural (laughs) you know uh like these perfect temples are not natural it all goes back to like playing god and creating a whole different reality and these things that can alter your view of reality um but yeah so like the fact that we might be being initiated globally through conspiracy culture and I guess just movies and stuff like that. I think it's kind of a double layered, um, conspiracy. And I don't know if we talked about this really, but we, we've talked back-
1: about it off air. We've, we've mm-hmm. talked on the phone about it and yeah, we can talk about it on here because there is how we've talked about the, these. And I don't want to be on board with the whole because nowadays, any truther that doesn't like something, automatically it's fake. Automatically oh, yeah. it's I'm CGI.
2: Not, I'm not yeah, well, I'm not <laughs> saying what's real and what's not. I'm just saying that there's something very suspect to me. So like this goes back into what you're saying about your friend your friend's adrenochrome book turning into a documentary, right? Um, like back just a couple years ago. No one would ever think or believe that an adrenochrome documentary would be presented to the mainstream audience. But what I'm saying is that it's very suspect to me that it seems some conspiracies are becoming so blatantly obvious by design. The major- I think at least 50% of people know that COVID, the COVID narrative was bullshit, that
1: mm-hmm. Biden
2: is obviously not mentally all the way there. He's just that, a s-
1: synthetic human made by made by alchemy, bro. <laughs>
2: okay. Well, I haven't gone that deep yet, but um yeah, and then like, you know, they're talking about the World Economic Forum on Joe Rogan, they're talking about the great reset. Like these ideas are it doesn't take a genius to understand them and it doesn't take like a spiritually enlightened person to see how blatantly evil Klaus Schwab is. Like I think this is by design. They're kind of showing an evil side on purpose so eventually they can prop up heroes. I think it's a double-layered... Like, they they play 12-D chess, and they're always a couple steps ahead. So the fact that we've been allowed to find information on the Illuminati, Adrenochrome, blah, 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 Mm. I I think they have kind of... I think they have kind of, like, planned for this and seen it coming. And I think eventually, the Masons, who... They actually have a concept called the Pharmacos, which is a Masonic scapegoat, someone that they will kill and sacrifice. Um... I think the Masons will be thrown under the bus eventually, or at least the satanic cabal, the deep state, whatever. Like, they're setting up a scapegoat to take down in order to present a new regime, but they'll look like good guys. It'll be a false revolution, essentially, because they're radicalizing all the conspiracy theorists right now. Like like I said, I think it's like 50% of real people are fucking anti-globalists at this point. And if you watch any freaking cool movie right now it's always about the bad globalist and then there's like some conspiracy theorist hero being like ah fuck this we're not gonna stand for this
1: (laughs) wasn't the newest i haven't seen it one of the newest marvel movies wasn't it like that there was a podcaster or maybe dr strange one of these marvel movies
2: i think that's godzilla
1: was it Godzilla? anyways godzilla versus king kong one of these movies had like a prominent podcaster that was imitating Alex Jones as like the one that was spreading the fake news and all this stuff on the, in the movie that like, that was, mm-hmm. that was the whole thing. So yeah, I think there's a couple things going on here. I think that how you're saying they do plant these seeds and may, maybe sort of make us chase our own tails because dude, one of the whole things about being in this realm is we have all this knowledge. It's kind of useless, right? We have all this occult knowledge and what are we going to do with it? What are, what are are What's the end game? Like I, I've asked a couple of people that like what's the end game? Is it, yeah, I'm cool with having interesting conversations. I love that. I love talking to interesting yeah. people. But what do you it, think the end game is? Do you think we're going to be able to actually use this or are we helping people identify and break out of the matrix by talking about these things?
2: So it's funny. Me and Maverick were just talking about this. He's like, dude, I just listened to this uh, like really good conspiracy podcast. They were talking about some different model of reality and I think it's true and I'm like okay Maverick what are the chances that like every conspiracy podcast you listen to like what if they were all correct like and that's just, <laughs> and like, that's just, <laughs> that's just obviously not the case so it's like we're just fucking kind of wasting our time I yeah. honestly think that a lot yeah. of the stuff that we're digesting and consuming right now is just entertainment for smart people like they already knew that media was not going to be good enough for the people that think so they're like hey we need to create kind of this like real life
0: video game for
2: them to distract themselves so you go down all these different rabbit holes and you end up wasting a lot of your time and driving yourself crazy and not even enjoying the present
1: yeah you're right and i kind of find myself like that in in sometimes and i need a break i'm actually going to take next month off of the podcast because hear me out bro check this out i'm on i'm in a rabbit hole now so check this out you see this picture here yeah how weird does this guy look now check this out dude what if all right hear me out i'm gonna be i'm gonna be showing this picture like almost on every episode i've done <laughs> okay but hear me out what if this is dude i don't know you see the similarities who knows what if it's homunculus all the way down you know what i mean There's a dude
2: i, I mean yeah for all we know the, <laughs> the uh the powers that be could have been babies and grown in vats i don't know well
1: so you mentioned that and I don't know if you're up to date with the whole Tartaria conspiracy, but I was blown away the other day because apparently there was this mysterious European doctor that had babies and in incubators at these world fairs, which mm. is wild to think about because I never thought about it. But what if these cities were actually seeded with homunculus and they just grew the first cat? Well, first? They just grew a cow art in an artificial womb. I saw the article last night.
2: Didn't it, they grow like a lamb or a goat too?
1: I think so. Yeah, it was a couple of animals. So we're gonna be eating cloned meat essentially. That's what they. That's what they, It's about the emulation of of God, pretty much. I mean, that's what you're trying. That's what alchemy is. At the end yeah, of the yeah. day, it's it's playing God exactly. The playing the divine alchemist, which is which is God. And I mean, but, you
2: know, that homunculus idea goes super far back. I don't know if it's the Bhagd- Bhagavad Gita or the Maha. I don't know how to say it. it's an all. Yeah, most. it's in all ancient but, cultures. Yeah. Th- yeah. There was this one ancient war where there was a king and all of his soldiers were grown in jars It said he had like 300 kids or something. And what? His so, yeah, his like army was grown in some clay jars. So that sounds like to me, like, you know, ancient clones. I think I talked about that in my second book. I don't know. But yeah, they. I think they've been doing this shit forever and we're just coming around full circle, honestly.
1: Whoa, dude, yeah, you're right. The epic Mahabharata states that 101 karyavas were born out of the pieces of a single <laughs> embryo. Does that mean, our are clones of a single entity and carry the same genetic structure? Okay. Yeah, I did not know this, but... but <laughs> A lot of these ancient myths are about man being created from uh, like a golem or a homunculus of some sorts. It's, it's created in, you know, in the Anunnaki story, they're created in the womb, a different room, a different matrix that is not of mm-hmm. the humans and they take the sperm and they insert it into that one. But yeah, I did not know about this one. So this is another connection, another, another connection to the rabbit hole, another piece to the puzzle of this conspiracy culture that how you're saying it does suck people in. And there's something I've talked about this before where there's, there's always topics, dude, that we're always gravitated towards that. They're like magnetized topics like the occult and mm-hmm. how I relate it to literally everything, how you're saying I related to everything. I think about it all the time. Like how can I connect the dots? And is it ramblings of a madman or how you told your boy Maverick? is there some validity to it? And we're all right because we all create our own realities and there is some truth to these mad ramblings. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. And that's not necessarily uh, where I was taking it. I was just like, you know, all of these, I guess in a way you're correct because like, you know, the brain works in a way where whatever you look to prove, you will prove, you know, whatever you seek, you shall find. So, you know, it's the same thing with synchronicity. Like when you have an idea, you'll find all these different things to back up your perspective. I mean, it's just confirmation bias. So yeah, there's definitely truth in all these things. But what I was trying to say is like, so you're going to sift through thousands and thousands and thousands of podcasts and come up with one coherent worldview. It's just not going to happen. So like you're just collecting all these different theories for, for what? You know, it's not going to really help you live if you know what shape of a planet we're on. I mean, unless you're trying to prove christian cosmology or something i don't know um i don't even think the bible even strictly states its it doesn't really matter i mean you can believe in god and have faith in god without knowing any of that um but yeah so at a certain point yeah it just becomes obnoxious i mean you become a hoarder of knowledge you know it's just as bad as hoarding other things and you know don't get so busy reading books you forget to write your own you know
1: Yeah, I love that. Don't get so busy reading books that you forget to write your own. And I've been putting mine off for a while because I've been reading other books. (laughs) (laughs) So I respect, I've always liked since being in, in school, my whole thing has always been history and social studies and studying it. So I do, I do enjoy this. I do enjoy doing deep dives and researching a certain topic. And I
2: mean, I definitely do, too. I'm probably projecting a lot because it drove me crazy. But anyways, yeah, (laughs) you
1: you were going hard in the paint, though, dude, like you were you were you were a lot of things that some some of the things in your books that you wrote. Even I was like, okay, this is why Nick Hinton is Nick Hinton, (laughs) because that was mind blowing. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's and you always think that as a researcher, I think that I go hard in the paint. No, there's always somebody else who. Goes hard in the, harder in the paint than I could ever when it comes to this conspiracy stuff. I mean, there's there's stuff that I don't even know about. I don't I don't pretend to I don't pretend to know everything either. I I there are a lot of things I need to learn about. But the secret is talking about what you want to talk about mm-hmm. and covering topics that you want to talk about that are interesting to you. That way, you're more motivated to want to look into them you know what i mean because a lot of people oh, i get the question all the time oh where can i start to learn about everything that you know about and there is no one size fits all solution there is no one book has everything because i can give you all the books on top of that but you're not going to connect the dots right
2: right and, and dude there's like there's infinite topics to study Like, dude, I just now got around to the most basic stuff, like stuff that other people, like seasoned conspiracy theorists. Like I've been into this stuff since I was like 15 or 16, but there's still stuff out there that seems like it should have been the day one stuff. Like I recently revisited Bermuda Triangle, which seems like, you know, we, we were talking about that earlier, but I recently revisited it and I didn't even want to because I was like, this is like the first grade conspiracy, but like, you know, there's a bunch of synchronicity surrounding it. So I was like, maybe I was being prodded to. And, you know, I found out a whole lot of new stuff about it. But dude, even like, just the Godfathers or like the OGs of conspiracy theory, like no one talks about them. Like people like Fritz Springmeier or mm. um, I'm trying to think. I just wrote about these people or like
1: James Shelby Downard.
2: Well, yeah, James Shelby Downard. He just popped up again recently on a lot of podcasts, which was interesting. Um, during serious season of all seasons but um, yeah there's just a lot of like OG conspiracy theorists that I hadn't even known about that I just started to look into or like John Todd is another one but the interesting thing about these people is if you look into their stories like they turn out to be I don't, just very questionable like Fritz Springmeier he is like the guy when it comes to Illuminati bloodlines and
1: hold on just, bro hold on so oh, when you say that, I have to hit the Illuminati confirmed. There you go, bro. Oh, thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even. Okay,
2: so, um, but yeah, like this dude, it's a whole other rabbit. He's sus. Was... Yeah, so he was accused of like being a part of a conspiracy to bomb a bank and working with like white supremacists and just all this different stuff, and it just makes you question like okay well was he really on to something and they just like you know decide to destroy his character or was he actually doing that stuff and this guy was just kind of crazy because you know if you read letters from his wife she says oh like he had all these different girls over that he was deprogramming from MK Ultra," and like literally this is the guy who Popularized the idea of project monarch if you look into the history of project monarch it does not exist in official documents so there's a lot what i'm basically trying to get at is there's a lot of ideas that people are talking about where they don't even look at the source material and it's just this like this mind virus thing like these ideas propagate and become memes and and they become reality in a way like looking into project monarch can make you feel crazy you can actually mind control yourself or brainwash yourself by reading too much into this dark stuff, which might not even be real to begin with.
1: I just did a deep dive on MK ultra and I think, well, we've...
2: MK ultra is real, but Monarch is what I'm talking about.
1: So I think Monarch, I don't know if we brought up Monarch on it or not, but it was the, the evolution. It's one of like the offsprings of MK ultra. Cause MK ultra has like a bunch of sub projects. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong about that and talking out my ass, but you're absolutely right. And that's why it's a spiritual warfare. It always goes back to the metaphysical. And no matter how scholarly something is, a work is, it always goes back to some metaphysical aspect. And the, re- the one example that I always go to is The Crowd by Gustave Le Bon, where he was a crowd psychologist. And he studied how crowds operate, what makes mm. a crowd and how a crowd becomes its own living organism and the crowd is only as, as smart as the dumbest person in it but a crowd is always haunted by this thing that he called a contagion a parasite of some sorts that weaves its way through the crowd through the organism and, and brings out this bestial nature in people almost demonic that's why you look at these these riots and people were getting beat to death or even places where people get uh, trampled to death, uh, which just happened recently, I think overseas in Vietnam or somewhere uh, overseas, somewhere over there. I could be wrong about that. You can fact check that. But the point being that in crowds, people act differently in ways that they wouldn't otherwise act. And I think it's because of this metaphysical thing that weaves its way through the crowd and unlocks, something biological in people that makes them braver that makes them not think correctly that makes them take irrational decisions it's something metaphysical that even this guy who was a scholar and studied this for his whole life was like i can't explain why it happens but mm. it just does <laughs> it's the spooky action at a distance type of thing which i think that's yeah. magic you know what i mean and that- And
2: that's the idea of the mind virus is like because the mind virus warps your perception through your beliefs, you could be writing a book that you wholeheartedly believe is the truth. You're not trying to deceive anybody, but because you have these ideas in you that are almost possessing you and forcing you to get this information out, you in a way become a chaos agent without even knowing it. And I think this has happened to – like I'm not trying to discredit or – say anything bad about anybody I'm just saying that there's so much chaos out there it kind of goes back to the um, like that metaphor of like you know if you plant a seed in a shitty garden it doesn't grow do you blame the seed or do you blame the garden you blame the garden so like if we are living in a chaotic environment filled with all these different half truths and and psyops and whatever you can't blame the person who starts promoting these different ideas because they think they've stumbled onto something. But I think that's part of this conspiracy game that I was talking about earlier is like, how can we distract the smart people? Just give them all these different theories and conspiracies. And yeah. And people will just chase their own tail that way rather than, which a
1: lot makes sense. A lot of them make sense, bro. A lot of them make a lot of sense. And that's the scary part about it because is that, is that, Either that parasite at work or is it or is that the reality manipulation happening in real time? You know what I'm getting at? Almost like yeah. we're connected by this web and I'm thinking about it. And I go, wow, this makes a lot of sense to me, bro. This is wild. Maybe the lizard people are real. Is that somebody else influencing that frequency that I just hopped on and manipulating my reality as um, giving it energy as well? And then. Vice versa, I start manipulating somebody else's reality by talking about it on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But that's why I always tell people, and, and what you mentioned about the whole source material. I, I always tell people to never take what I say a hundred percent. Don't, Ooh. don't, and that's the pro- that's a problem that we have with, and it goes back to the crowd psychology where. Certain people in power have a prestige to them, the way that they're able to portray their ideas, the way that they carry themselves, the way that they talk, the way that they look, that make people feel a certain way. Again, a chemical and alchemical change transformation that's happening in that person in order to accept this new politician as the one that's going to turn everything around. Well, it's because they're giving off what LeBond called prestige. So don't get enamored by my prestige up here because I do all this research. No, D- do the digging yourself, unfortunately. But then even by me saying that right now, I'm thinking I'm feeling the egregore <laughs> by telling people to look into it. But I always, dude, when I, when I, the beautiful thing about these books, at least, at least a good book, right? Is that mm-hmm. there nine times out of 10, there's going to be, there's going to be a bibliography, right? There's going to be a bibliography. There's going to be a, a, a work cited page. There's going to be all this stuff. And what you do is you go in here and you start looking up what the sources that this guy used in all this. It's like, so you want to learn more about the soul ascent and where he got his information from? Well, yeah, that's fine. It'll look up what source material he used and find that work yourself. And that's how I've acquired a lot of books, bro. By looking into source material of authors that I admire. That yeah. I go, wow, that's very mind-blowing information. Where did he get that from? And I'll go and I'll buy that book. And sometimes, dude, it ends... The the road ends when it's a translation. When yeah. it's something that, okay, this is really mind-blowing. Well, or Where'd he get it from? Oh, uh, uh, Marcelo Facino. Well, he wrote in, in Latin and all these other languages, so... I have to rely on this person's translation but even that bro could be compromised too so I have to keep that in mind
2: that's what I'm saying like I'm not saying any of these authors are being dubious on purpose like it. I'm trying, I'm trying to say and I'm kind of being a hypocrite I mean I don't cite my sources mostly because I'm lazy I try and include as many book titles <laughs> dude it's just so much work but I try and include as yeah. many authors and book titles as possible um, but like something that I wasn't doing You know, I was like citing, like, oh, Robert Anton Wilson or this person or that. And like, you go to Robert Anton Wilson, who was he talking about? And then you go, like, even the philosophers, you have to go all the way back to the very, very origin. Like, where are these ideas coming from? Honestly, this is just going to sound to some people like I'm just being careless with what I say. But I think it all goes back to, like, when it comes to occult knowledge, I think it all stems back from, like, the The religion of Egypt, like the like Hermeticism, and then Mm -hmm. even further back would be Atlantis, because you know, according to Plato, uh, Egypt was a colony of Atlantis. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you were to look at it through a biblical lens, you know, Atlantis fell during a flood, supposedly. I think that Atlantis was the original Tower of Babel, where everyone spoke one language, and this one language was a language of symbols. Was Archetypes, egregores, whatever this mind virus thing. And yeah. I think that it was wiped out for a time and it's coming back through conspiracy culture in a way like, so, like not, I'm not saying conspiracies are fake. I'm saying that some are very real. Some are smoke screens and other stuff is almost a clever form of entertainment meant to initiate you into that one world language of symbolism. Everyone that we talk to knows this symbolic language, you know? And, uh, yeah,
1: end rants right there, I guess. And and that's that's by design, bro. Because right, it always comes full circle. Symbols are the language of the soul, and I think that's why they speak to us on a deeper level. And I think that's why we're so gravitated towards that, towards the occult, because they speak mm-hmm. in symbols. They're they're all secret societies, so they they talk mm-hmm. to each other. And the Egyptians. It's just-
2: Sorry, I was just gonna say it's kind of funny they even call themselves secret societies in the first place because they're definitely not a secret, and it's almost <laughs> just a way to bring you in and be like, ooh, what is this mm-hmm. mystery? Because To, to are trigger curious creatures, yeah. to
1: trigger that that curiosity. What you know? What's the saying? Curiosity killed the cat. Because, dude, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be honest with you, reading about all these magical things and homunculus and all that stuff. Like, yeah, there's a there's that little homunculus in the back of my head. It's like, well, I wonder what ha- what would happen if I tried this or what you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. and I know people who have gone who have joined secret societies because of that, because they've, they were curious. They were like, Oh, I wonder what this is about. Let me jump in, which I admire that because I don't, t- I, I stop at the practical. That, that's mm-hmm. where I stop. You know what I mean? I'm not here to contact any other entities, nor do I care for entities that contact me. I just, I, that's where I draw the line. That's me personally. But, some people know, some people want like a Parsons there, there, he was a dude who was launching rockets into outer space when he was doing, when he was practicing the occult, he doesn't want to chant for an hour or whatever. No, he wants to see results, bro. He wants to see manifestations. He wants to see things materialize in front of him, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and that's what, that's where people get lost in the sauce. And I think they open themselves up to other things because you can only take so much of that. Right. Right.
2: And, and, I think it's just like a hero's journey of the mind. It's like you descend into the underworld of the internet or books or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, You either lose your mind or become transformed, but either way you end up right back where you started, which is just ignorance is bliss. Like walking around all day thinking about reptilians controlling the government is not useful to my life. It might be true, (laughs) but I just don't need to care about it right now. And, but like one thing I will say about like my whole rant about the source material thing is like, this is something I talk about <clears throat> a lot in the new world disorder is like, I found out I can't like bring up any particular instances right this moment, just because my mind's a mess right now. I'm talking about all these different things, but I do have it written down. Um, is like when you go back and find all these different conspiracy books that popularized a lot of these ideas about the Illuminati and Bohemian Grove and stuff like that. I'm not saying they're not real, but they go back to very questionable people some seemingly connected to intelligence agencies mm-hmm. and things like that, people in you know US. Navy and stuff like that. Um, very questionable publishing companies in general, um, using occult symbolism. It's like, why are these people who seem to be connected putting out this type of information? It's almost as if they want people to know. So it's like a form of chaos magic, honestly. It's like the book is the sigil. We are kind of creating the reality, the paranoid reality they want us to live in. I mean, it actually serves the government for us to walk around believing that everyone's an NPC and everyone's out to get me because you're more easily controllable when you're in a state of fight or flight.
1: And that's that's seance science. That's mm-hmm. you know that's what, mm-hmm. that's what the that's what the books say, written by the guys that made the codes and all that. And that's why I brought up the the whole thing with some conspiracy theorists. As as soon as you mention something, oh, it's fake, it's CGI. Well, yeah, I a... don't
2: know what's fake and real and what's CGI. I'm just saying a lot of it is smoke and mirrors and it's yeah. meant to be confusing. It's nonlinear warfare, it's informational warfare, it's psychological with... warfare. Yeah. Exactly. And when people are bombarded with so mm-hmm. much contradictory information at once, even if some is the truth and some is lies, you have this thing called future shock or informational overload where you are more susceptible and suggestible to different ideas and just being controlled because if someone offers you a solution in this Crazy state of mind you're more willing you're more likely to take it and michael aquino who wrote mind war talked all about this and he talked about using the truth as a weapon through radio shows through comic books through conspiracy books blah blah, blah in order to socially engineer and orchestrate a fake revolution in america and he talks he goes into all this detail about how we're going to use ufo calls how we're going to use all this different stuff that we've been talking about
1: interesting so use the same thing that people are enamored with against them, right? You, you weaponize it. You yeah, weaponize he
2: literally it. says we'll weaponize the truth. He said the ultimate weapon is the truth. It's Excalibur, and we will weaponize the truth. And, yeah, that's what the truth has been doing. It's been radicalizing people. Um, you know, we're more divided than ever. And it's because the conspiracy theorists are seemingly – so right and the the others or the normies or whatever are seemingly so batshit and wrong and I am there with the majority of people thinking that um, our majority of listeners I guess I'm just saying it has only it hasn't done us any good though to become so disconnected from our mm-hmm. fellow mm-hmm. you know citizens
1: what do you think is as we approach the end here Nick what do you think something is something that we could do to aid in the combating of this and to not getting sucked up? What, what do you, what would you recommend people? What have you done in your journey? Cause I know you've disconnected a few times from all this chaos, but what would you leave the listeners with? So we can end on a, (laughs) on a relatively good note. Cause this is, this got heavy, bro. This is heavy stuff that we're talking about. And I'm sure it's something that, a lot of people don't want to talk about, right? Because, like, it's the elephant in the room. Hey, it might all be bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it might all not matter at the end of the day, but to some people, dude, it's everything.
2: I mean, yeah, it kind of is my everything as well. So I'm not saying to stop researching or stop pursuing your passions or anything like that. I'm just saying try... You know, like I said, I might be projecting a lot. I just see the danger in becoming so absorbed in this mm-hmm. stuff and trying to "quote unquote" figure. You're out right, the truth.
1: though, because I've experienced it.
2: Yeah, you. Yeah, it can almost like when synchronicity's been barred, you constantly it can almost be like psychosis.
1: I look at the watch every day at three thirty-three, mm-hmm. or at eleven eleven, or at one eleven, or something like that, and I go. I always look, and I don't. And again, it might be me programming myself, my body, to every time look at my watch at the same time or is it angel numbers and they're trying right, to talk right. to me you know what i'm saying it, it, it gets real easy to get lost in the sauce when it mm. comes to that so i can relate exactly to to what you're saying i don't th- i don't think you're projecting bro i don't think you are but i know you so i know what you've been through in your journey cuz i've talked to you off air before and you know which is a little bit more candid so maybe you feel like you're projecting cuz we've talked before but mm. i know what you're saying to be true because i've experienced it myself
2: So I think that what's going to happen is kind of inevitable and unavoidable, but that's not such a bad thing. But what I think we're going to watch happen is – so it's going to be due to this, in my opinion, um, purposely orchestrated introduction to the occult. And because of these ideas and the introduction of conspiracy culture, which – In my opinion, is just another layer of the social engineering. It's been on purpose. They've been leaking information on purpose. There's this idea that the CIA has called limited hangouts. You can look that up. It's about um, giving certain portions of the population bits of information. It kind of like they're basically creating like online echo chambers and Mm. manipulating people's behaviors. Whenever they insert like a conspiracy theory onto Twitter, they're like, "Hey, everyone's freak out about this." You know, they're literally controlling the way we react or at least studying our reactions to further figure out how to do things to us. But anyways, the reason I think they introduced us to the occult through conspiracies, you know, people saw the conspiracies, they thought they figured out the truth through the occult, is we're going to watch this false spiritual revival or spiritual awakening, kind of like QAnon's Great Awakening. I think that people are going to start rising up even more and revolting against the quote-unquote New World Order and the Great Mm -hmm. Reset and the WEF, and there is going to be some sort of false savior situation where the white hats come in and I'm not talking like Q and on. I'm, I'm saying it'll be something totally different. Maybe, maybe it'll be something like blue Beam that comes and saves the day, you know, from these dark, like in short, the masons, they play both sides, right? That's the white and black checkerboard. Even Crowley talked about the white magicians versus the black magicians, mm-hmm. the white lodge and the black lodge. And ultimately they're fighting for control over the earth. And um, I think that the, the dark, deep state, satanic cabal, whatever, is the black checkerboard piece. And these love and light New Age, Age of Aquarius, Golden Age stuff are the Luciferian false light. And we're going to watch some sort of battle happen where the conspiracy theorists and the New Age are seemingly win. But this is part of the ploy to get us to accept what's coming. Because Crowley and Alice Bailey, they wanted an enlightened utopia. Well, who else would you want in your enlightened utopia but people who have already been initiated into the occult?
1: What Do you know what the name of that utopia is?
2: I have no idea. I just know that Crowley was talking to the, the secret chiefs or something like that, and they were mm-hmm. like ascended masters, these enlightened beings, and they were going to rule from the top down in like a pyramid structure. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Wow, Why do dude?
1: you know? No, no, because there is a it seems that in all these grim wars and different texts there's always a utopia. There's like a Hermetic utopia, there's you know, Plato's utopia, there's
2: one thing I want to end with though. I think that this utopia will be um offered to us as something similar to the return of Tartaria, where it's like, oh, Tesla Tech and Free Energy and Blah, blah blah blah
1: it's funny you mention that because on joe rogan they just got done talking about that about the free energy you got randall carson talking about carlson talking about how there was the, this company in the maldives that was able to harness free energy and he was going to come out and and do a big reveal of some crazy information so the timing is it's weird bro i don't
0: know if you yeah, watched and- that episode or not
2: I did not. And, but yeah, to me, it's weird in general that Tartaria popped up out of nowhere in the last couple of years and everyone seems, yeah, it's a psy up and same with Tesla tech. I'm not saying it's not real. Mm -hmm. I think it is. I think it is real, but I think it's another layer of the op where, um, there's supposed to be this side of geniuses that seem like the good guys. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Have you ever watched Disney's Tomorrowland?
1: No, but I've been on the ride. (laughs) In, okay. <laughs> does it, did they <laughs> yeah, steal yeah. my soul, bro? <laughs> no, no, no.
2: You're, I think you're fine. Um, but Tomorrowland is essentially about a secret society of people, including Tesla, Thomas Edison. Um, I forget who's all in it, but Tesla is like the one that I'm focused on in the book. Mm. And they create a futuristic utopia in a different dimension. And guess where they reveal it? The New York World's Fair. <laughs> of course I think think something similar will happen I think that's why they're telling us about free energy why they're telling us about Mm -hmm. Tartara why they're telling us that oh UFOs are actually from another dimension and we're getting super advanced technology from them all this stuff is you know if it's in the mainstream or hundreds of million people or hundreds of millions of people are listening to it it's not a secret like you're not ahead of the game like I'm not trying to be mean it's just like Mm -hmm. I think this is all by design like
1: it's and i've I've been looking into the origins of the real game. quick i
2: just want I just wanna say when a conspiracy theorist really makes a difference, they don't remain a conspiracy theorist for very long. that's all i'm saying and i'm not I'm not making any uh like predictions about myself like I wanna get out of this game. I'm just saying that the people who like got too close to the truth they mm-hmm. weren't allowed to make millions of dollars off of theories. you know what I mean,
1: mhm-. So no, I I that... got what you're saying. I mean, look at, well, I would say David Ike, but he's kind of sort of famous, isn't
2: he? Yeah, dude. And so that's another thing about the source material stuff. I look deeper and deeper into Ike, and he was talking to like some random psychic who was channeling and all this weird stuff mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. before he had his quote unquote awakening. And in my opinion, these guy dudes might be the precursors to the false light. Good guys versus bad guys scenario.
1: Okay, yeah, I got you. Like ascended. Uh, he'll come out and say I'm a, I'm an ascended master, right? Which I mean, I try to do that, right? He tried to say I am the the son of God or something, and people took it the wrong way. And I think maybe that's why he switched up his game a little bit. Yeah, I
2: mean that—that's all fine and dandy to say. He, he might have said that in a metaphorical way. Yeah, I don't, think he's, like, I don't think he's like an evil guy. I think he's just doing what his role is, and he might not even know what that role is. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's the way this mind virus thing works. Is it just takes over your perception? You think you're onto something because you follow the syncs, or you follow the synchronicities, and yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it any further than that.
1: No, no, I- I'm with you, bro. 100 I- percent with you, and I've talked about. Uh, reality manipulation with with buildings Pythagorean palaces where they follow these the smath the universal language symbols sigils and they're able to encapsulate higher levels of dimension of dimensions in these cities in these buildings and that's again only the initiated how you're saying this global initiation those are the people who are going to be able to understand it Not everybody's going to be able to understand it or see the occulted scaffolding in these buildings, which is also part of the architect as magician with his stylus or wand as he's creating these worlds. Or even like a writer with his little, uh, you know, the the pencil is like a is like a wand. And you are if you're writing in blood or writing in something else, whatever it is, some alchemical ink that you made with your own. Sperm or something, right? Something crazy. And you're writing the Constitution of the United States of America or something of that nature. You know what I'm getting at? So Mm -hmm. I think it all goes back to alchemy and these sorcerers of the subconscious is what I've been calling them because they're talking to us on a deeper level. They're not coming out and talking us how me and you are talking. It's a different type of language. And some people... the,
2: The alchemists literally want to transmutate the entire world. Yes. That was their goal, was yes. to transform the entire world. And in order to do that, you have to um, synthesize the two polarities. And that is what they're doing right now. They're That's a transhumanist and,
1: agenda. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, even the transhumanist thing, I think, is partially an op. Like, I do think we're going to see one faction of humanity become more and more machine-like and another faction of humanity become more and more, oh, we worship Gaia, we worship nature, we're all... Um, organic and blah 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 and this is this is the alchemical process that they're that they're doing to people
0: um yeah
1: absolutely yeah. and when is do you know when the book will be out i know i pre-ordered mine where can people hit you up to pre-order you need a website bro you need somewhere set up a ko fi dude ko fi is easy to set up set it up people can send you money directly there and be a little bit more organized yeah, I mean, we could talk yeah. about that off air but w- yeah, yeah. when that. when can people expect the book to be out? At least the first one before the second one cuz I'm excited to dig into to both of those.
2: Yeah, um and I explain these ideas a whole lot better in the in the neural disorder and the one that will be coming after that. But um yeah, if you want the book just hit me up on Instagram or Twitter n i c k h i n t o and, and send me a DM. Maybe I'll have a website, though. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to talk to Juan after this. Um, when is this podcast going to be out? Because I'm trying to get the final edits done on this like before this Thanksgiving break is over. Like I'm just going to be working on it all weekend.
1: We'll, we'll talk about it off air. So uh, people can hit you up on there. Find the book. Make sure to follow me on social media at the 101podcast. The one on podcast.com. Make sure to check out the Chosen Juan versus the Saturnian Cube by Paranoid American Comics. And you can get your copy. I have a Ko-Fi store as well. You can check out his website. He's got a bunch of other good stuff out there. He's got the MK Ultra pamphlet. It's the history of the MK Ultra. And make sure, guys, to sign up for the Kickstarter for issue number two with Sam Tripley, Alex Stein, other people in there when, where we go and visit the pod father. (laughs) So make sure to check that out. It is on my Instagram and I'll post the link in the description and I'll catch you guys on the other side.